today we're here with Adam. Adam's been our good friend here at Rabbit Hole and has uh, taken us uh, actually down the rabbit hole a couple of times, dumping barrels, um, checking out the warehouse spaces, coming up here, just drinking, having a grand old time. It's always good to see you, man. And, and you've had a big life event that you made time for us for, which we really appreciate. You want to tell them what's what's gone on? Yeah, thanks a lot for coming in, by the way. It's good to see you all. Uh, always happy to see your face in the distillery. It's always happy to, I'm always happy to see anybody in the distillery. That's one person that's so happy long, to right? see my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's been an interesting ride. Uh, I did, we had, a, we had a kid, we had our first child uh, about 17 days ago, somewhere out there. So that's why I have the big bags underneath my eyes. Uh, but yeah, when you said you were coming in town, so I said, hey, I'll take a take a little time out of my day. We'll come try something fun out. Awesome. And whether you believe me or not, it was a uh, coincidental timing because you guys happened to be coming out with the next Founders Collection series, which we wanted to talk about today, which is really exciting. We got to try uh, the first two Founders Collection series, and they are something incredibly unique, something unlike anything I've ever tried before. And it was just, I'm, I was so excited to be able to try this next release. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? So this is Race King. So Founders Collection Race King is a double chocolate malt. Um, it's a five grain. So obviously we've got an amazing four grain in our core lineup, which is Cave Hill. So I think that always points to, we're pretty open and, and, and innovative in our mash bills. Um, Cave doesn't want to stand still. He wants to do things that are, you know, I'm going to use a horse term, right? Unbridled. He wants to be kind of wild and be a little bit of a mad scientist. And so he started messing around with this mash bill pretty early on. And this is the first chance we've had to release it after we distilled it. So it's 70% uh, corn, just like Cave Hill and High Gold, mm -hmm. and then 30% malt. But those malt are uh, made up by four different grains. So I think there's like 13% rye, 10% malted rye, 4% chocolate malted wheat, and 3% chocolate malted barley. Is that equal 30%? We'll I wasn't it. doing we'll say that. It does. We'll say it does. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that gave us Race King. Um, it is what it sounds like. I mean, the chocolate is pretty heavy on it. We're gonna have this out into, I think uh, around September-ish, mid-September is when we're the, the field's gonna start seeing this. But uh, I figured since you're in town, we'd pour it up and try it out. And I have to say, one of the great things about these Founder Collection series is that they're in their, their full splendor at the high proof. And um, we're big fans of all of the, the traditional line. I mean, everything is very, very unique. It's very well done. But we had the opportunity to try, um, I think it was the, the Cave Hill out of the barrel mm -hmm. last time. And that was one of the most delicious straight from the barrel experiences we've ever had. And we've had a lot of whiskey straight out of barrels. And that was by far the one that we talk about the most. But that's the thing is that, you know, a lot of people that are, um, you know, a lot of people that are trying these expressions, they can be intimidated by a high proof, mm -hmm. you know, especially uh, younger bourbon drinkers, people like us, I don't know about you. I'm a huge fan of, of higher proof stuff, but like that higher proof stuff can come with flavor that balances out that heat. And like that, what we tried that cave hill out of the barrel, it was like candy, it was so good. So yeah. these founders collections are, are very much like that. They're that full, bold flavor and they're, they're so good. And it just takes everything that you love about Rabbit Hole and amps it up to 11, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's something Kave says, you know, on the bottles, I think it says something like nothing added, nothing taken away. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's very minimally filtered. I mean, there's no chill filtering with this, you know, as it should be, right? Um, but I think, you know, when we were kind of talking about proof, 
it's funny. I'm I'm kind of opposite of where everybody else is. I'm I don't need something that's like 155 proof or whatever. You know, I feel like sometimes <laughs> when I drink that, I'm like, who am I trying to impress? It's I think there's room in the industry for lower proof cast strength. Yeah. Right. It, it's just not out there as much. And so when you're already starting, you know, with a barrel entry of 110, everything we do, barrel entry is 110. Even after a couple of years, I mean, half the time it's going down. You know, it'll come out of the barrel under 110. This is only 109, I think. So it is the fullest expression of that barrel. And I think a lot of people, they equate high proof with flavor. Not always, right? Yeah. Because alcohol doesn't have flavor. I mean, I don't know, it tastes like burning. It doesn't really taste like anything, right? It tastes like burning. Right, it tastes like burning, right? <laughs> but but water has flavor. The water that's really sat in that barrel and interacted with the, the staves, that really is driving the flavor a lot of times. And so that's what I like to see this, even though this is cast strength, it's only, you know, heavy air quotes on the only here, it's only 109 proof, but it has that full, full body expression. That cave, I think I remember that day, I kind of went back and I looked at the proof on the barrel they were emptying. That barrel was only like 106 proof. And it was so good. It was, and just, it was so big, so right? So smooth. Yeah, so, such so big much flavors. Flavor. And that's what goes to show you that low entry proof. It's a phenomenal technique to produce flavor. So one of the things, you know, I, I won't do it justice, but I, I know a, a couple of distilleries, not many, but a couple of them, they'll enter the whiskey at a lower proof and that that reduces the amount of yield that you get out of the barrel. But there's a really good reason for it based on flavor and the way that it interacts with the barrel. Would you like to tell them why yeah. a lower entry proof? Absolutely, so you know, everybody is different, right? Some people wanna do it higher for certain reasons. Some people wanna do it lower. Um, a lot of times it does come out to the bottles that you have, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, to be bourbon, it can't go into the barrel higher than 125. So let's say we take, you know, a whiskey and we put it in there at 124.9, right? We just right, right at the edge there. And then we let that age for I don't know, five years. After five years, it's gonna be rocking and rolling. It's gonna come out of that barrel at 140 proof. Well, our core line is at about 95 proof. So let's say you're producing a bottle that you like between that 90 to 100 proof. When it's coming out of that barrel at 140 proof, to get it down to that 90 proof, you had to add a lot of water. So at that point, you're kind of, getting rid of a lot of flavor that you're marrying in that, that barrel. Now, yeah. for some distilleries, that works. Some distilleries, the type of yeast that they use, the type of grains that they're using, they need that water. Everyone thinks they want it from the barrel until they've had it from the barrel at a certain distillery, and it's way too strong, it's way too strong. They need a little bit of water to kind of bring that balance in there. For us, it works the other way. Um, considering, you know, we use a, a pretty, pretty neutral yeast, our yeast is not super spicy or anything. It has a lot of floral characteristics. Um, you know, we also all obviously use a lot of malt in this distillery, those sorts of things. When we put it in 125, it comes out way too strong. It's really, really rough. That way, when we're bringing it down to 110, you're losing bottles, right? You're not gonna have as much water in that barrel, so you're not gonna have as much after the fact to fill, uh, to fill bottles but we don't have to add a ton of water Got it. after it's aging, right? The water's already in that barrel. It's been aging along with the alcohol. So now you are pulling a product out of there that you don't have to water down. I always put it this way. Let's say you've made chili, right? I, I've made chili, me and my wife, I made this great big pot of chili. I made it with love, it's amazing. Um, and then you come along and you're like, hey, I'm just stopping by. You got anything to eat? And I'm like, all right, well, now I gotta stretch this chili. I don't have time to make more. I gotta add some water to it. It's still gonna be good, maybe not as good as it was yeah. before, right? So that's kind of how I equate you know, low barrel entry. Um, we put ours in at 110, it's the sweet spot. And a few other distilleries, kind of a similar uh, sort of thinking, right? Put it in that lower barrel entry. 
it drives finance crazy because you're not getting as much product, <laughs> right? But you're getting a higher quality product. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I, I love about Rabbit Hole, you know, and one of the reasons that we really wanted to work with you is because you guys, A, have the passion, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and but B, you guys are doing what you feel is best, even though it's not always in the best financial, you know, the, the pinnacle of financial well-being that you could be, you know, it, it, you, there's ways that you can stretch that out and make more money, but the things that you guys are doing, like the lower entry proof, mm -hmm. you know, the thing that you guys are doing, like malting all of your secondary grains and stuff like that, those are extra steps, those are, ex it's extra cost, mm -hmm. but you guys truly believe that that is what separates, you know, the good from the great, and that you guys are not always looking at the numbers. You guys are looking at how do we get the best product that we feel is the best product out in front of people, which I think is really cool. It's that's that pioneering attitude, you know, that that built so many of these these great exactly. whiskey countries or uh, companies and distilleries. This feeling of I want to put the best thing that I can out for these people, and if you know if I hold my hand out there, it, rubber will meet road, you yeah. know. And I, I think that's so cool. It's. It's that attitude that's community centric, and it you're leading with pride in your product rather than with the you know the balancing of a spreadsheet, which I think is so cool. Well, I mean, you you take that all the way back to the gen to the genesis. Cave could have very easily sourced a bunch of whiskey and put his label on it and made a few million dollars and rode off into the sunset or something, right? But where's the fun in that? Where's the legacy? Where's the creativity in that? It doesn't really exist for him. He wanted to make bourbon. He want, he's a whiskey maker. He want to make whiskey. And so, you know, don't source, right? Just be a little bit outside the box. Be a little bit outside the box. It's not all about making money. It's about really finding your passion and, and going all the way in, right? Can, can we go back and expand on making a couple million dollars and riding off into the sunset? <laughs> I know, right? No, I'm just <laughs> no, no, but that's awesome. I mean, and, and that's the thing is he, he came here and he fell in love with bourbon. You know, his story was he was very successful, you know, mm -hmm. psychoanalyst and, and, all of that, and he decided to go down this rabbit hole, hence the name rabbit hole, um, but he came into it because of the passion, because yeah. of the love of the whiskey. He didn't come into it thinking, you know, I wanna make a bunch of money off this, this is how I wanna make a living. He had he had success before, and, and he decided to come into this because of how much he loved it, which allowed him to lead with that passion forward, which I, I think is really cool. And it, it just kind of lends a cohesiveness to the story. You know, he started not because he needed to, but because he wanted to create something great and then just kept that attitude going forward. It's all about passion. It's all about legacy. And that you can find that all the way through the company. Everybody that works here, we're here for a reason. And it's it's not, you know, we're just putting our heads down, clocking in, clocking out. We're doing it because we love it. We love yeah. every minute of it. Awesome. So speaking of passion, these founder collections are made by Kava, right? Yes. They're, I mean, they're his his mad scientist, as you put it, uh, expressions. They're very limited, but they're special projects Yeah. that he has put that passion into to create something truly unique, yes? Absolutely, so, you know, from the very top of the bottle, you can see that this cork, and this is one of my favorite the things. The paperweight? About the corks, right, this huge paperweight. When you take this out, in fact, I don't know, can we? <laughs> Everybody likes a nice cork pop. Dude, that is by far my favorite. <laughs> I, I was having, right? and who, whoever, they'll watch this video and they'll know who I'm talking about, but we just had this debate on whether a screw top's better or cork pop is better. 
<laughs> and I am firmly on the cork pop side. Depends on how long you're traveling, but yeah. <laughs> That's true. But that, man, that cork, it's, it's aesthetic. It's, you know those ASMR videos oh, that like yeah. certain people watch. Oh yeah. For me, that's that's like as close as I can get to enjoying something like that. Like I hear that cork pop, and I'm just like, well, all right, let's go. Sense memory, right? You already yeah. know what that means, and and you know, kind of couple. We, have, I mean, that's not lost on us. Design is really important, right? It's really important because kind of like with a great meal, you eat with your eyes first. Well, you you see the bottle first, right? This is part of the experience. That heavy cork. Um, the seal, that's Kaveh's seal, his family seal right on top there, right? Mm -hmm. So that right away from the very first thing on this bottle, the very first thing that you're gonna notice is that seal on top. And that is because this is all about, you know, the core belief of, you know, having passion, going all in. It says Amari et Opus, which means love and work. Um, I equate it to this, find what you love and share it with those that you love. That's kind of how I live my life. That's, I feel like that's why I'm a pretty happy guy is because that's the secret for me is finding what you love and then sharing what you love. Kabe kind of has this similar belief of, you know, love and work, go all in, right? Go down the rabbit hole. There's no going back. Once you find your passion, there's no going back. And so we put that right on top here on this cork. So when you take that cork out, you know there's no going back at this point. You're about to try something that is unique, is innovative, and really comes from love and passion. Yeah, I think that's incredible. Well, let's crack into this. Go for it, my friend. Me? You, yeah, First? please. Pour it up. All right. <laughs> just gonna. No. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> Dude, that would be just. That would be, a heavy I, lip. <laughs> I would be fired <laughs> instantly. <laughs> They'd be like, leave. Leave now. Oh. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Cheers. Oh man, right there on the nose. I mean, that is, you could get lost in that. It's been like, mm, I think it's been about three or four weeks since I've had a chance to drink Race King. Cause you know, I've been out on paternity leave. I mean, it's so, it's so sweet. Like there's that, you can tell it's a it's a nice bold pour, but there's there's so much complexity. There's so many different grains at work in that, and so many different. I mean, you get a lot of caramel, butterscotch, floral, but then there's you know you get a little bit of that that almost like that toasted soda bread type yes. of thing, butter. Like we I, we just had that a couple of days ago, and it, you know we had some Irish some soda bread, soda, soda bread, bread with some butter and some butter, yeah, yeah, and it's like that that really rich wheat Irish soda mm -hmm. bread type of smell to it, and it's, I mean, you get a little bit of peppercorn in there, yeah. you get like just uh, the faintest hint of sea salt, like it it is. I'm that gonna, is a, such a great nose. I'm going to say something that might be kind of you know on the nose. I mean, obviously the barrel influence is there. Is that a dad joke already? A bit, yeah. 17 days in it's, and it's a dad joke. It did take long. Uh, but I'll tell you, and I'm going to say it, and it sounds like, well, obviously, because of all the chocolate malt, but chocolate liqueur. So when you think like those kind of classic chocolate liqueurs, yeah, like it's the creamy there. ones. Yeah, yeah, right. It's almost like a whiny, kind of enophilic sort of chocolatey, sort of nose on it, which lives right on the edge. And I think the grains are really forward on this, which I like. Being yeah. a five grain, you want to showcase the grains, right? And there's two type, different types of rye in this. There's malted rye and unmalted rye. Two different places, right? One's coming from Germany, one's coming from Canada. They both kind of give a little bit of hints about their origin because the, the Canadian rye is obviously going to give you some of those 
more softer floral notes, mm -hmm. whereas the European rye is gonna give you a little bit more of the pepper. Um, the green notes don't show up on this, which I think is really interesting considering yeah. there's, uh, quick math, like 23%, <laughs> is that right? Yeah, 23% rye in this. It doesn't really give you the big green notes, like yeah. mint or herb, right? The herb's yeah, not really there. Uh, yeah, and I don't get, uh, you know, typically that type of stuff, if you get something that's a sweeter rye, there's a little bit of undertone of like a botanical, mm -hmm. um, a little bit of, you know, that mint, almost like that mint julepy type of undertone. And uh, I don't get any of the botanicals in this. Like it's, it's pretty, I mean, it's very unique, especially at 23% rye that you don't have yeah. something that's that's herbal or medicinal like that. The rye, I think, is just supporting with all those kind of floral and spicy elements. Doesn't really need the super botanical stuff. Even though there's only 7% of the chocolate malt in this, it's so clear that it's there. Um, my wife is like not a bourbon drinker at all. She's She's just a sweet wine drinker, right? I had a sample of this kind of very early on. It was way younger than it is now. And I brought it home and let her nose it. And she goes, oh, it smells like chocolate. And for my wife to say that, who never really drinks any whiskey at all, I knew that there was something here. You know, I knew there was something here. And one of the things that's, that's really nice is we've had a couple of different chocolate malt expressions mm -hmm. before. And uh, it can be a little hard to harness the chocolate malt properly. Like yes. I think some people have put out a chocolate malt that wasn't optimized, but they had already made it and they were like, well, we already it. have a ton of barrels of it. We probably need to release it. Can't blend this out. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's one of those things like it can be kind of hard to master using the chocolate malt because it is such a distinctive flavor and that's- You gotta have a soft touch with it. Yeah, and that's one of those things is there are some types of grains and some types of, of uh, processes and maturation and different things that can generate and even down to certain types of yeast yeah you know that can generate some flavors that are distinctive and while you know I think the whiskey community is always looking for something unique mm -hmm. but uh, people don't remember that unique isn't always good and unique for uniqueness sake is not an attribute that yeah. you want right unique for Aesthetic reasons, sure, can can that can work, but it's got to have functionality to it. Yeah. It's got to have functionality to it. There has to be some sort of function behind the form. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, oh, hold on. It opened up a little it bit. Changes a little bit, right? Now I have some orange, like mm -hmm. candied orange. I got almost like a like a little bit of ripe banana. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I went to go taste it and I, and I was like, hold on, hold on. It's amazing just sitting here this, I mean, there's only been a couple minutes, it opens up in the glass. Pretty, pretty astounding kind of ways. Oh my, oh my. Yeah, that. yeah this one is, and, and I, it's funny, you know, we've kind of talked about the other founders collections bottles. And I think that each one of them so far have had this kind of very unique sort of place in terms of when you want to drink it. Like the boxer grill for me, that was fall. That was yeah. like holiday season. There was spice and, and, and I mean, it was a rye, but it was kind of baking spice rye yeah. more than like herby rye, right? Um, and then the founder's collection, Mizanara, that one was like end of the night, you want something deep and rich and incredibly complex. Yeah, to that's just like think you're, about. you're having a nice bold yeah. steak or Lots something. Of pensive so, sort of thoughts, right? Yeah, yeah, because it carries against it. That boldness carries against something. So like, 
if you're having like a like a nice steak and potato mm -hmm. dinner or something like it's able to, it's to stand, stand up, up to oh it. absolutely yeah. um it's I, a luxury pour i think the, oh, it was very luxury pour it's an incredibly luxury pour um i personally think that race king is which i think is great because it's like 10 30 in the morning right now I think that this is an excellent breakfast bourbon, which I don't know if it's something you want to drink all the time you're for breakfast you're, is bourbon. You're but, selling us out, man. But, no, no, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm serious. Like this one is because it has this almost bready. It, it's kind of like coffee and donuts. It's not as sweet as like donuts. Right. But it has that bready. Like that, that of, original cake donut. Yes. Yeah. It's right? like that. It's like not. Mm -hmm overly sweet it's like lightly sweet it's got right. that like deep cake type of yeah yeah but the coffee tones on this that's i mean that's why i'm like this is i just feel like i'm drinking coffee in the morning or something you know what i mean like the coffee tones especially on the palate the amount of kind of roasted cocoa and coffee on here yeah i was gonna say that phenomenal. that roasted cocoa is <sighs> and it's funny um so like i i'm you know i'm sicilian cuban right mm -hmm. And so in Tampa, you know, that's the thing that we drink is like cafe con noche. And it's got that, it's that, basically what it is, is it's the that deep espresso, that really strong espresso with milk in it, you know, steamed oh, yeah. milk and then sugar. And this is almost like, like that coffee note that you're talking about, it's got that thick, rich, you know, yeah. coffee forward. It's a little bit creamy. It's got that sweet note to it, but it's not too sweet. And that, it reminds me kind of like a, like a whiskey cafe con leche, mm -hmm. which is say, awesome. like cafe con leche con bourbon, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, this is great. Yeah, you definitely get those, I get those roasted, almost like the roasted semi-sweet cocoa notes to it. Uh, it's got like a little bit of that brown sugar, like smoked brown sugar yeah. almost to it. It, this is, but it's unlike anything. You get that, that chocolate forward, but it doesn't overpower it. Yeah. You know, it's not, you're not getting just completely destroyed by that chocolate. It's there's so much subtlety to the flavors in here, but then there's also these big, bold flavors that just come swinging yeah. and they kind of, they kind of play over one another. You yes. Know? Well, cocoa is very drying, right? It's a very drying flavor. And so you've got to have balance in there. So I think by using just 7%, this is the real genius of cave, right? That kind of mad scientist thing is that only using 7%, when you look at the mash, but you're like, is that going to be enough to carry through? It obviously is, right? It obviously is. And even on the finish, the chocolate is there, but it's almost like molasses. Yeah. Right? Like when you breathe out, you kind of get this, you kind of said it, brown sugar. I get like this sort of molasses. And there's a little bit of the floral element that sort of continues. And that's not something I'm great with. Like when people are like, oh, it's kind of hibiscus. I'm like, I don't know. I've never eaten hibiscus. It's hard for me to <laughs> kind of put that in my palate. But you don't I just go get, around eating random flowers. No, not usually. It's I just, you know, I, you got to try it. man. I know. Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a father now and fathers are supposed to really embarrass their daughters. So I have a feeling I'm just going to be eating flowers at some point in their life. Really Could you embarrassing, imagine right? you just drop her off at school. You just pop an entire hibiscus. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to now, but uh, it's <laughs> But I'm serious, there's a, just a wonderful floral element on the finish of this that I think goes even further to support some of those richer kind of dry and drying elements all the way through this. But I mean, that, that's one of those things, man, is it's just such a beautiful color. It's clean, it's clear. It's a just a beautiful deep amber. I mean, you there's just, it's just such a solid pour, man. Yeah. And at, at the price, what's the price on this? So this one is gonna be 295. 295. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's funny. Anything that's over a hundred bucks, I will be very, very 
judgmental of you know you should it, be i mean it, that's a it's a it's a lot of coin right yeah and it's one of those things like it's funny back in the day when i first started bourbon i was looking at stuff that was like 40 bucks fit 40 to 50 bucks and i was like that is a lot of money mm -hmm. to spend on like my friend one of my other friends down in tampa was really into whiskey and what we would do is we would go in and, and i had whiskey culture and I was getting some bottles in to review from distilleries and stuff, and he wanted to try them. So what we would do is we would go and we would split the cost of a bigger bottle, mm -hmm. and we kind of would be like, that's our drinking together bottle. And so we had a section that was just for when we were together, you know, yeah. which was kind of fun. But <laughs> but uh, we would look at 50 bucks, and we'd be like, all right, I'll put 25 in, you put 25 yeah. <laughs> in. We'll, we'll grab that bottle. It'll go in the section. And you're like, we got to make sure it's really good for 50 bucks. Like we got to ask opinions. Now you're just like, okay, 50 bucks. I haven't tried it. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy as you get, go down the rabbit hole exactly. with bourbon. You know? Exactly. But, but uh, to bring my point back around is I'm very, very judgmental of stuff over a hundred bucks. Like it's, it's a lot. And even if there's a lot of whiskeys that are definitely more than that, I mean, it's a hundred bucks for a bottle of something you're going to consume Yes. is, it's got to be good stuff. Mm -hmm. And at 300 bucks, this, this is something I would want on my shelf. It's, it's good. It's approachable for, I would say it's definitely approachable for somebody new to bourbon because it's got some of those big sweet flavors. It's got a lot of that boldness, but it, it doesn't carry that spice, you know, that people might be hesitant to it. It drinks, it drinks at proof, but the flavors would be something that I would expect from something in the 120s yeah. you know which is is great because normally normally what we experience is when we drink something the flavors are kind of right there at the proof but it might drink under proof yes the cool thing here is it drinks at proof which is already you know a lower proof but the flavors are just so much bigger and bolder than that number would indicate well i mean bring it back to that kind of original talking point right that 110 entry yeah that 110 entry that is really the key here it really it gets more water in that barrel and you just get such more depth of flavor during the aging process and i think that when you're looking at something that has five grains in it and it's got you know so much malt and it's got chocolate malt in there you really have to be very conscious about where this is going to be in four five six seven years right you have to kind of think about where that's going to end up and i think something that we were really you know the name race king obviously we're here in Louisville, which is, you know, Kentucky is the racing capital of the world, right? And so we're kind of thinking about, you know, this is like a stud, right? This yeah. is a stud. This is something you've got to have patience and develop and kind of train in the right way. And sometimes it takes a soft hand, the 7% chocolate malt. Sometimes it takes a much stronger hand, the 20 some odd percent of malt overall. That's a pretty heavy handed malt, right? So that way you're kind of guiding this animal through its life and you're getting that training and, and, and turning it into something really special. It's the same thing with the Founders Collection. Cave is just very hyper aware about every little thing that touches this whiskey from the barrels, to the grain selection, to the yeast, to the barreling strength, right? The barrel entry, all those little things, they make such huge impact on the final flavor. And you just have to be hyper aware of that. That's awesome. Well, it's it's been a, a bit of a journey too. This is, I know that, um, you know, the Mizanara came out kind of before you guys reopened back up. Mm -hmm. And then 
now you guys are you guys are opening you guys are open for tours this is about to come out it, and the single barrel just came out recently yeah. like it seems like it was kind of that that contraction period during COVID that a lot of people experienced but it's like as soon as these doors open back up you've got i mean i i can't imagine you've got to get all these tours back up and running you've got the single barrel release that you've got a you know you had coming out that you guys are distributing you guys now have the uh you know the third expression of founders collection the race king coming out what is it like having to juggle all of that well you know something at rabbit hole that we're really really proud of is this idea of collaboration yeah. right and so um you know when we closed so we closed last march for for covid for the for the pandemic and it kind of came down to me <laughs> i was really like the only person here um, everybody else was working from home i would come in and do like the virtual tastings and you know if a retailer was in town i'd kind of usher them in and like two or three you know person groups and just show them real quick and then out the door now we've got a full team right we've got a brand home um, department that has really taken the lead on scheduling tours and giving the tours so thankfully i don't have to be a big part of you know like setting that up but i still kind of involved in that um, which takes time away from everything else I do, but it is a lot of balls to juggle. The thing about it is we didn't take the time during you know, the, the pandemic shutdown to develop you know, a new founder's collection, set up single barrel. These were things that we already had in the mark, right? They just kind of happened to happen at the same time as the oh, COVID man. shutdown, right? So I will tell you the first week that we were open, we opened on, I think it was June 22nd, on June 14th, which was National Bourbon Day, also my birthday, total coincidence, uh, we released our very first single barrel. And that was a barrel that Fred Minnick helped pick, and the proceeds went to a local charity that was benefiting uh, hospitality workers here in Louisville. And so we released that on June 14th. A week later, we opened up the distillery for public tours. And that first week that we were open, we had a thousand people walk through the door. Um, we, it, it's been amazing how quickly tourism has just come right back, right? At this point, I think, I know I was just talking to our, our brand home manager a second ago, we are booked through the end of the year, I think. I think there, you can't even book, I, I think that's I think that's what he was talking oh, about. Maybe towards like the middle of November, that's how far we're booked out. We are completely booked on tours. Um, so we still invite people to come by and you know check out the gift shop, hang out, um, you never know when somebody doesn't show up for a tour. Maybe you'll be able to jump on a tour or do a tasting or come up to this bar and grab a drink. Um, it's a really amazing experience here. You just kind of have to, like you were saying, juggle all those balls, right? We've got the single barrel production that we're doing right now. It's still in its infancy. Um, I think this next year we have somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 total barrels. That's it. Um, so it's incredibly rare to get a single barrel right now from us. And then, you know, Founders Collection, every six months we have this Founders Collection coming out. On top of the other innovative, creative things that we're doing, you know, Cave's got another five or six different mash bills in the hopper right now that we're working on that may see light either as a Founders bottle at some point, maybe an experimental bottle at some point, maybe a new core product. I, that one I put a real hard, I don't know if that's gonna happen or not. You never know, expanding your core line is always kind of a, kind of a, a bear, but yeah. you never yeah, know, you never know. So there, there's a lot that's happening both behind doors, closed doors here and in front of closed doors here. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I mean, it's, it's great to just see all of the things that you guys are doing, all of these expansions that are happening and, and how you've got all these unique expressions coming out. The core line is phenomenal and every single one of them is very unique. And then you're even incorporating some of those like the barrel aged gin, yeah. um, you know, that 
is phenomenal using the rye and it's it's just it's great to see all of the things that you guys are doing and it's great to see how the community is coming out in spades to support what you guys are doing and you know it's one of those things that if you guys hadn't built that type of community around you guys and you guys hadn't led with that that passion first approach and been so good to the community and put out such good product like the fact that you guys are booking up immediately through you know through the end of the year that people are getting all hyped up for the single barrel releases and you know in all the bourbon groups that i'm in and uh you know on facebook and all of that i see people when they get a bottle of the single barrel you know for that you guys put out they're they're posting it they're proud of it they're talking about how good it is how excited they are to get it i mean that's just an indicator that you guys are are really doing all the things that you need to do to cultivate that community because the whiskey community you know it's full of great people but it can be pretty savage and you you know how it, <laughs> you know I, how I it know is. a little bit about that yeah <laughs> yeah and it's like man if there's if there's something that comes out and it's overhyped people people will tear it apart you know if it's something that people are making a big deal about oh this is supposed to be so good it's going to be so hard to get and then it's not good they will they will make their voices heard mm -hmm. but uh, every, I mean, everything that I've seen online has been really positive too, and everything that we've had has been great. So it's just cool to see how all of the pieces come together, even after something that was such a disruptor to the industry. You know, uh, I feel like we've we've all talked about COVID. Everyone's sick about you know hearing of COVID, and but to to be quite honest, it, it was a huge disruption to the industry and a huge disruption to the supply chain and. There were a couple of distilleries and places that, you know, they closed their doors for a little bit and they they aren't opening them back up. And it's just crazy how, how much the community has wrapped itself around you guys, which is really cool. Well, we really appreciate it. And I think that's just kind of what you're saying. It goes to speak for how intensive we are when we're selecting things like single barrels or new mash bills or, you know, labeling even. I mean, the single barrel labels are beautiful. That's part of it, right? It's yeah. not not just those barrels, but what the bottle looks like and, and how collectible it is. And we want to make sure that we're always kind of on the, the cutting edge of not only just design, but also product. Yeah, those, I mean, those labels are just... They're pretty beautiful. They are so beautiful. They're such great art. And I mean, I the, the second I saw those labels, I was just like, this is probably the coolest whiskey label I've ever seen. But I, I mean, I'm a huge one of those, you know, like Lewis Carroll, Alice oh, yeah. in Wonderland type, the type of whimsical stories thing. So, I, I mean, it was, I saw that art and I was like, that... That's right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going to have, you know, every quarter we're going to have a new artist. So this, you know, quarter that we're in right now, the ones that we're working on right now, I think it's Boxer Grail. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to be Boxer Grail single barrels. And the artist, I think she's from the U. You know, she's from the U.S. She's from this region, I think. Um, and she's kind of, it's still Alice in Wonderland, but drastically different style. Drastically oh, different style awesome. than the casing uh, labels. So it's, you know, every quarter we've got a new artist that's kind of taking their stab a cool label and uh there's some really interesting art coming up well that's really awesome art. so guys if you have not yet i'm not i'm not i'm not sad i'm just or angry i'm just disappointed that you haven't followed rabbit hole yet on social media but definitely give them a follow follow what they're doing you know all these releases that are coming out these founder collections they're doing some really cool stuff here if you have an opportunity, even if you can't get a booking, definitely swing by. It's a really cool facility. It's beautiful. The The bar upstairs where we're at right now is great. It's got a nice view of Louisville. Um, you know, it's called the Lookout. Yeah. Uh, Overlook. O Overlook. Overlook. It's mm -hmm. the Overlook. And uh, I mean, for obvious reasons. 
but it is absolutely gorgeous here at the distillery. Definitely come. All of the people that are here, super passionate, super great, super into to the whiskey scene and community. Um, but thank you again. I know you guys are, are shut down today, but you opened your doors for us. We really appreciate that. And it's just always great to see you. And the fact that you took time away, I know you've got all all of these new budding responsibilities. And <laughs> but the fact that you took some time away from that to, to speak with us, it's, I mean, it's really cool. We really appreciate you, man. I really appreciate you giving me a reason to get out of the house. So thank you. <laughs> Are we going to cut that part out? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, she knows. Oh, there you go. All right. We'll keep it in. No, but, but thank you guys so much for tuning in, listening to the Whiskey Culture Podcast, your window into the wide world of whiskey. If you haven't yet, follow Rabbit Hole on social media. They're very active on Instagram and Facebook. Really, really a uh, cool account. A lot of the, the shots that they do, super aesthetically appealing. Um, and then they've just got a lot of cool stuff coming out that you're going to want to keep your finger on the pulse of. Um, if you haven't, follow Whiskey Culture. You can find us on all so major social media platforms, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, give us a follow and check out our Single Barrel Club where you get exclusive access to content, early access to our podcasts. You get surveys that help di uh, direct the, our blog and the way that we grow, exclusive updates, blooper reels, and early access to our barrel picks. Thank you so much for having us. Cheers. Cheers, guys. <laughs>